She's on a passionate mission to change the lives of women. Since her days where she felt lost, had no one to confide in, had issues with body image and a terrible relationship with food, she now helps women to relove themselves. On her journey of self-realization, she's participated in multiple fitness competitions, spoken on stages across Ontario, run boot camps for hundreds of clients, and provided professional makeup artist services for photo shoots, competitions, models, and magazines. These journeys and experiences have given her the expertise to help you achieve your own goals, whether it be to lose weight, connect on a deeper level with your loved ones, or to learn just how important it is to take time for yourself. You'll feel amazing, beautiful, and strong. Welcome to Relove and Rise. This is your life coach, Amanda Gazzola. Hello, this is Amanda from the Relove and Rise podcast, and I am here with the beautiful author, speaker, and entrepreneur, Sue DeMay. How are you doing, Sue? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here with you. I am so happy to be here with you today. Um, from what I've read and seen through all the videos, I believe that we have a really big message that both of us like to speak about, and I'm so excited that you're able to share your story today, share with us what you who and what you have become and this message and this inspiration that you have been sharing your message through the world. And it has been through the world because you have worked with some amazing people like Les Brown and I definitely have seen him here at the Power of Success here in Toronto and he, his message was amazing in his story with uh, how he grew up and just I totally resonated with what he was talking about. So I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much again. No worries. Thank you. So, Sue, what has inspired you to start your own business and become an author? Uh, well, the short answer to that is my heart, <laughs> basically. Everything I do is, is really comes from my heart. My, my business, my work, my, my life, all, all around, is, it stems from following my heart and trusting my intuition. And now it hasn't always been that way. It's been a real process of kind of unwinding and realigning and, and getting rid of my own fears and kind of getting out of my own way in order to align with the work that I'm meant to do in the world. But for me, it's really been about following my heart. And my work has always kind of evolved with my personal life as well. So with the fertility work, it's because I was going through fertility myself. With with the healing work, it's because I needed the healing myself. So now with a new message coming out, it's because I'm integrating that new message for myself. So everything always seems to be for me as well as for my audience, which is such a gift. I, I believe that's the way it's meant to actually work. So that's how I got started is just kind of following, following the step that's in front of me, really. I love that. And as a person that has been learning to follow her heart and follow her intuition and gut, that has not always been the case. And I'm very interested to hear you know, how you broke through those barriers. I don't know. I call it a barrier because I was stopping my own self from growing into the person and I would just the confidence that I did not have. And a lot of the audience that I have, they're wanting to step out into their comfort, their, into their genius, into their own being. And I wanted to kind of know what that, what that looked like for you, how you started seeing this potential. Well, the first thing I had to do was stop hiding and stop running away. That was the biggest thing. I was running away from my gift. I was running away from the messages. I was running away from myself. I, I actually, I had a really difficult childhood and a really negative res relationship with myself. 
I can actually say I hated myself. I hated myself most of my life. So for me, it was always trying to prove my worth. So it always came from fear. It was always driven by fear. I got really comfortable with fear and I got really comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that's how I was able to kind of overcome a lot of the obstacles. And now I, I actually use fear as kind of the pointer. If I'm afraid of something, then I'm like, oh, I need to look there. I need to feel into it. I need to get underneath it and clear what's there in order to step through. And sometimes I actually have to step through the fear in order to, in order to overcome it. So for me, fear has been kind of that, that pointer, that friend kind of going, you know, normally I would run away from it, but now it's like I'm, I'm almost like moving toward it. So my courage to face my own fear, my courage to kind of move through my own stuff and my drive, my desire to help others has really what has kept me going. That's awesome. For me and figuring out all that, um, I needed, for me, I needed a coach um, to help me because yeah, I didn't have the most supportive parents and the people that understood around me and I didn't even understand myself. So when my coach told me about the, what was her name? Elizabeth, uh, oh my God, the book, the big magic book, that book of magic, that her, Elizabeth Gilbert, mm -hmm. um, that you know, reading that and seeing her and talking about how fear is boring. And then I started, when I heard that quote, I was just like, it really is because the other side of fear is where all the magic literally does happen. So I, that was one of my first awakenings and uh, wake up calls. And to know that you go through intuition and lead with your heart and listen to that that takes it takes a lot to and it does take loving yourself and respecting yourself and getting to that point but that's that's what i that the big blockage that middle part is the hardest part to go through to like to bridge that gap right there you know well the gap i think the the gap between i think loving ourselves is not something we can do overnight i think we've kind of you know unlove ourselves over the years growing up, we, we learn not to accept ourselves fully. We learn not that we're, that we're broken, that we need fixing, that there's something wrong with us. There's so much evidence of that in our society, and it's, there still is, that it takes a while to unwind from that. It takes a while to, to unlearn and unschool all of that programming. And you know, the process of actually following the heart and trusting your intuition is like, it's like this internal GPS that leads you to every experience, to every interaction, to every relationship that actually helps you realign with that love for self and for others. Now, we, we can only love others to the capacity that we love ourselves. So sometimes the driving factor though, sometimes the, the thing that keeps us going is our desire to help others, our desire to love others. And sometimes that's, that's in front of our desire to love ourselves. Nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly okay. If that's what's going to keep you moving forward, then by all means, then, then use that. So we kind of use whatever works for us in the moment, and that will change and evolve as well. But the main thing is just having the courage to take the step that's in front of you. Even if you're afraid, even if you don't even understand where it's leading you, just really trusting your intuition beyond your own thinking mind. 100%, 100%. And it does take a lot of priming and, you know, really investing that time into yourself to figure out all like your strengths and your weaknesses, but learning how to 
make your work with your weaknesses and make them into strengths. And the loving, the one, the loving yourself is definitely when you don't come from a place like where you truly do really embody who you want to be and wish your other people. That's one of the biggest transformations that you could ever do for yourself. And I just love that when you talked about how you use your intuition and use your heart that not many people know how to do that. And a lot of people know how to do work with the tactical processes, not the more the emotional uh, where it comes from using the, you know, cause we're always in our head. That's where I'm trying to get is we're always in our head. We don't know how to lead with our heart. And the, sometimes the, we don't know how to make them aligned. And I just love that you do that. that I know how long it took me. So that's why I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, it's definitely a process and, and we're programmed to actually lead with our head. We're programmed to get into the head. We're programmed to think about things, to analyze it. Let's, let's weigh the pros and cons. So there's, the society teaches a very heady process, but we're actually born trusting our intuition. We're born naturally mm -hmm. heart-led. So it's, for me, it's a process of not learning how, it's remembering, remembering yeah. how and remembering what works for us and finding the new tools that come in that help us, that kind of create those little stepping stones to bring us closer to the, the natural state of, of being, which is trusting our own intuition and following our heart. That's, that's a process for sure. It takes, it takes time. Although there is, an, a, there is a way to kind of fast track it if you do have support. So you mentioned working with a coach. That's a great way to do it. Healing in community, I think is really powerful. We don't need to do it alone. We're not meant to. And in fact, even myself, I have a coach, I have Hui healers that I work with as well, because we can't see our own blind spots. You know, it's, it's actually, it's helpful for other people to kind of point to those things for us as well. So it's, it's, um, it's a journey, definitely a journey from the head back to the heart, back home to the heart, really. Oh, totally. It totally is a journey. And I was just cause I was doing my videos this morning. So uh, for my work and whatnot, and it, I was just talking about how the process, like we never enjoy the process. We always just want to get to the destination. We want the next thing. We want the next thing. And the process is like the learning, it's the growing, it's the, the seeing how your potential, it's seeing like what you are truly made of, the blood, sweat, tears, like whatever you're doing to, for the process, like that's what makes us who we are and how we come out of something. So I just, yeah, the, when you're saying this, the journey and like, it's so the journey. <laughs> the journey is the only thing that counts really. Yeah. Because otherwise we get focused on the destination or we get focused on the outcome or we have these expectations. And then when it doesn't play out the way we wanted to, where way we want it to up here, then we get disappointed or then we think we did it wrong. But really the heart is very unique. It's, it's got a unique path. There's not a direct like A to B. It's like over here, up here, down here, around here, like, oh, go back in there, go check again, come on over here. It's like, it's a very d different journey than what we think it would be. And when we actually surrender and allow, yes. there's actually some really powerful miracles along the way. And sometimes the heart actually totally, I call it a spiritual redirection. Sometimes the heart, we're going towards something and we're wholeheartedly going toward it. And then the heart's like, okay, got it. You got the message. Now go right in a totally different direction. And our, our ability to trust that 
we'll save a lot of time and energy because our head would be, no, we have to keep going. We have to achieve this goal. We need to get to the destination. And the spirit's like, the heart's like, no, you're done. You've got the message. Now let's go right. So it's very efficient if we let it. It can actually save us a lot of time and energy and a lot of money too. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's just literally giving yourself the time and doing the opposite of what you're normally doing. Meaning, if you are, if you do the same things like the way you've always been doing, you're always going to get the same results. But if you start doing things differently, like leading with your heart and leading with the, your intuition, you're going to be led in such a different path. And sometimes, like going into this part, uh, going into the heart is a lot more difficult when you're not used to it. So it's like the fear of the unknown, like what's this going to happen? But it's an adventure and redirection, like re changing, reformatting how you're thinking, reformatting how you're going to interpret like what the results are going to be. And that's what I started doing as well was listening and doing the opposite because it was never working for me. So I love that. I love that way that you're speaking about. So I just want to go back into how you, you know, started your own business and became an author. Is that something you wanted to do from a young age? No, not really. My... <laughs> My nickname was Squeak when I was a young girl. I, I was very shy. I would sit in the corner and just kind of watch and observe everybody. Um, I would feel a lot as a healer. I would actually pick up on a lot of emotions and physical pain and stuff in people. So it was, it was rather like I just was very introverted and quiet. And, and empathetic as well? Hmm? And empathetic as well where you felt... Oh yeah, I physically feel pain of other people in my body. Yeah, until I understood it, I actually thought it was cursed for a long time. So what I ended up doing was just again, just kind of facing those fears and moving through them. And and for me, the the desire in my heart was so strong to help others. My desire to kind of save the world or help others was was so so strong that it, it over it would override my fear a lot of times. So you know in grade seven, I stood up and I, you know, would do a speech on stage and, and I was terrified. It was the, the hardest thing I ever did. But at the same time, I saw that every time I faced my fear, it was, it had a really great impact on others, but it also had a really amazing impact for me. So I kept doing it and I kept doing it. I was seeing the value in it, even though I was terrified, I would still continue to face it and, and do it over and over again. So for me, Again, the books came through, like all my books kind of came through as, as a message that just like I literally would start typing. The last book, the recent book, I, it was totally written backwards. I had no idea what I was writing. Three or four in the morning, it would just, I would get pushed out of bed and then the message would come through and it's, it was always a surprise. And even till the end of the book, I still had no idea what the book was about because it came in sound bites. And that was just my, my, my heart's way of kind of keeping my head out of the picture and letting the message really channel through me. Wow. So a lot of my work, a lot of my books, it, it, it all feels channeled. So I'm really, what I've become is, is a kind of a clear channel. My intention is to be the clearest channel possible and allow the message to come through in the way it's meant to. And for those that it's meant to, to land, it resonates. And that's kind of where I've come. So it's been, yeah, it's been an interesting journey, but completely opposite of totally. what I was as a child. So. That's really, I've never, I love that you show like that you're taking, I don't know if this is going to come out wrong, but it's like imperfect action. You're taking action, 
but it might, and for me, I would not know how to do what you did where you don't really, like, messages are coming in, like you're starting, you're going in backwards, like from what you used to do, but you're still doing it because you know that there's something there and it's like, you're trusting. And I love that you trust yourself enough to do that. That is super cool. I was reading that on a, online and I was just like, whoa, I can't believe that she actually did that. Like, I thought that was really cool that you still managed to do something amazing and by taking imperfect action because you felt compelled and you listened to your thoughts and your, your intuitiveness. Yeah. I, I really kind of drop into this space of, I don't know anything about it. I don't know. I know nothing about anything anymore. I, and that really opens, opens the mind so much because the, the biggest block is we think we know, right? And if we think we know, then we've already like closed that door. So that curious mindset, that open-mindedness is really helpful in allowing these kinds of things to come through us. So any entrepreneurs, any, anybody works for all of us if we're actually open to it is we can become these conduits or these channels for these beautiful gifts and messages, books and music, like everything, anything can come through us if we allow. That's essentially what they were doing is allowing the message, the music or whatever to come through them. That's so cool. That kind of goes into the next question that I have for you. Why do we need to look at our own judgments to free ourselves from the fear of judgment? Yes, the fear of judgment is something. It kept me stuck for so long, just afraid of what people will think or not think. I, I really wanted to be liked. I wanted everybody to like me. That's impossible, actually. Um, and especially when you're going to actually start to speak these bigger truths mm -hmm. and, and these powerful messages, it's not going to resonate with everybody. In fact, it's actually going to trigger a lot of people. So we need to get really comfortable with people judging us because no matter what you do, whether you're like Mother Teresa or, or somebody else, it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Someone will judge you for what you're doing. Someone will judge you for what you're not doing. So no matter what's happening, there's, there's always a potential for judgment because that's what the programming is in our mind. We're programmed to judge. We're born natural observers, but we're programmed yeah. to judge. So in every moment, we're either observing or we're judging. So the invitation is always to pay attention to what your thoughts are, pay attention to what you're thinking. So if you see somebody walking down the street and you have an instant judgment, is, does that, is that judgment emotionally charged is, or is it just an observation? So there's a difference. Yeah. If we have an opinion or if we have a story, if we have a, a, a judgment that it's right or wrong or good or bad, then instantly we're, we're judging that person. And we're not in a place of observation. We're closed in some way. We're closed because we think we know. We think we know about them or we think we know what, what's right or wrong for them or what they're doing is right or wrong. Now, if we actually then take that judgment, because this judgment is all about projection. We're projecting what we think or what we believe on somebody else. So if we take that judgment and turn it around and bring it back into ourselves, because if we can see it in them, it must be in us. So if I have a judgment about somebody and I take that judgment and I actually turn it around and I own it. How is that true for me? How does that show up for me? Then I can actually start to do the work. But as long as it's over there or my fear of someone else judging me is over there then I have no power to shift it. I have no, no ability to change it. So we take back our projections. We take back our, our judgments and turn those thoughts of judgment around onto ourselves and ask, how is that true for me? How does that show up in my life or how does it not show up in my life? Then we can actually start to really get underneath it. If every single person was able to actually stop judging, 
the, themselves, like their own judgments, if they would actually focus on their own judgments, if everybody in the world did that all together all at once, judgment would not exist. It only exists within ourselves. We have to look there first. Although it's coming from somebody else, so therefore we feel helpless or we feel like we can't do anything with it. It's really about what's inside of us. So let's take it the other way. So some, say someone judges us. Someone judges me for something I said. And I, and I'm ta and I feel it. I feel it as yes. a trigger. I, I'm emotionally, there's, a, there's an emotional charge to it. There's something for me to look at. It has nothing to do with them. I don't need them to take back that, that comment. I don't need them to change it. I may end up being guided to say something because some judgments are like, it's not welcome here. But if it's triggering me, I need to look at it first. So I take it in. I look at it. How is that true for me? Even though it's hard to hear, maybe even I, I'm defending myself. If, why am I defending myself? What am I defending? What am I trying to protect? What am I trying to prove? Why do I have to prove that that person's wrong? So, so I kind of look at it and break it down that way. Once I clear my own judgments, then I can actually go back and look at the judgment, see if there's any leftovers. If there's not, then I let it go. If there's something left over, sometimes I'm meant to say something. Sometimes I'm not. But it all begins within ourselves. Totally. It's like, it's like the, what, the beginning uh, when it takes a while for people to even realize that they're even there and understanding like that they're judging because I know we all do it, but it's becoming self-aware and many people are not self-aware of their actions and their behaviors. It's just a natural instinct like that comes out. And it's like taking that like little bit of a step and seeing what, you know, if they, I find that many people have a hard time differentiating, knowing that they are judging, knowing that they, they're knowing their behaviors, knowing that what's right and what's wrong. They think they blame other people or look at other people before they look at themselves. So it's, it's one of those, they have to sit back and realize, am I doing that? Am I judging and realizing that how do, how can I change this? How can I like have these different thoughts and knowing that am I observing? I like how you're breaking it all down so people can see like, checking in with themselves if this like resonates with them. I really like that. It took a while for me to know that I was like pinpointing and I had to become self-aware and then realize that, you know, I don't want, cause I would like to speak more of my truth, speak more. And I, I know I have that judgment comes along with the way of that, but being, having that mental capacity to understand it all was like another big thing that I had to learn too. So I like how you're breaking it down. Yeah, I think the, the idea of projection and judgment, this is where I, I, I really feel like a lot of teaching is needed right now. And, 100%. And I feel like all of my members and all my, co all my clients are all coming to me like, help me understand this more. Because it's such a clever tactic of the ego mind to project. As long as it's projected over there, we can't see it. No. Because it's, it's over there. It's not part of us, right? So it's like projection and judgment are, it's a really sneaky tricksy one to wrap our heads around but when we actually get it and we can start to unwind it in the program mind it it's so freeing like it, mm -hmm. it changes so much and it actually deepens all of our relationships it creates a real empathy and compassion for others and it just it, it unites us projection and judgment separates us when we actually can come back into that space and and recognize that it's just in the mind and if we can change our minds about it, the experience and the connection with other people will change. It actually can unite us. It's got the potential to, to do 
like a, an amazing shift in, in healing the world. And I really feel it's, 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 it's in everybody's face right now. So I definitely feel people need the tools to navigate that. And, and I'm hoping that my message will at least help some people shift. I believe that it will, especially yeah. when you're breaking it down and helping people understand. Do you ha find that it's a sort of acceptance as well that you have to accept that you're doing some of the, like you're doing, you're, you're judging, you're, you're, you are sometimes, you have to learn, right? It's like a learning process. There's no like wrong or right or anything. It's just, it's your learning constantly. This is like how we were raised. This is maybe not how we were raised, but how we've grown up and how we've protected ourselves so that we don't, it's a fear of getting hurt. And as well, like, you know, all those come into play with this is, and it's worked for so long, but now there's a part where it stops working. And I was like now figuring out that new step of what do I want? How can I change this to make it less, like less, less burden and more freeing as well. Yeah. I think the biggest thing right now I, I see is that all, we're all fighting to be right. Yeah. We're programmed to fight to be right. But no matter what, if you're fighting to be right, you'll always feel wrong. Always. So, so it's like, I had to give up the, the need to be right. And that was hard for, you can ask my husband. It's still, <laughs> it's still a work in progress with him, but I, it's easier with, with my clients and my work It's more challenging at home. That's my classroom right now for healing is at home. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's as long as we're fighting to be right, we'll always feel wrong. So I had to go to, I had to shift my mind to this place of I'm totally willing to be wrong. Love that. Totally willing to be wrong because if I'm totally willing to be wrong, it opens up the mind to like something different. And, and it, and it, it gives me, I've get, I've been given different visions, different perspectives that I was just like, whoa, never would have thought of that one. Never would have seen that. And it's, it's really a powerful tool to open up the mind and, and open up the heart, soften our hearts. And, and again, it's all about kind of bringing us back together. I think the biggest challenge right now is our judging thoughts are sometimes really, really mean and cruel. And a lot of them are actually hidden in the background. We don't even hear them. So the ones we're hearing are probably the censored ones and the ones we're not hearing are actually even worse. So I think a lot of people are, are afraid of their judging thoughts and afraid of what other people will think. So with the work that I do is actually work, I work one-on-one -on -one or I work in groups to help people bring those thoughts to the surface and say them out loud. Because when we can say them out loud and, and know that, you know what, you're in a non-judgmental space here and I'm going to hold you in this space of love. I don't care what comes out of your mouth. I will not judge you and I will love you just the same. To actually have this compassionate witness to those thoughts and expose them, it actually frees ourselves, frees us from them. And so there's a fil it's a filter. It acts like a filter. And when we can clear that filter, when we can expose it and really bring it into the light, and sometimes those thoughts need witnesses, compassionate witnesses, mm -hmm. to really clear them and get in underneath them. And, and that's where we're going to really make the, the biggest progress in the shortest amount of time. Totally. Well, and, and you don't feel alone when yeah. you're talking about it. You're, you know what? That's a beautiful feeling because you are alone in your in your own head, and you're thinking all these thoughts. It's it's scary sometimes what you're thinking as well. So it's yeah. nice to know that you're able to have a space like that and be able to talk. And that's one of the biggest things that no one talks, and everyone feels like what they're thinking, and they feel alone, which is why this the mental awareness and the epidemic that we have going on is why 
because that initially we have all this Facebook, all the social media, all these tools, but we, we have this outlet, but yet we still feel like there's not enough and we're still alone. So I love that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, because this kind of goes along with my next question with, uh, with what we're talking about, because it is, there is a lot of negativity. How do we maintain a positive perspective? Hmm. Well, it's even interested the word positive perspective, right? It's like, a, it's like even a judgment that it's positive or negative is like one is good or one is bad. It's just like, how do we maintain an open perspective and yeah. a heart, a heart led perspective, a, a compassionate perspective. So it's, it's again, it's just like getting out of the head and realizing that the head is actually our biggest kind of block and that our heart is actually meant to be in the driver's seat. And, and the head is actually meant to be the passenger, the head our brain and our head is actually, our mind is actually meant to be a tool that we use, but we've given it kind of the, the driver's seat. And that's been the biggest challenge when we're actually coming from the place of the heart, we're letting the heart lead or the heart drive. And the mind is in the passenger seat. The mind just goes along and does what it's, what it's meant to. It's does what it's told or does what it's, you know, it's, it allows us to communicate. It allows us to form words. It allows us to form thoughts and beliefs that support and and you know navigate life but when we're in our heads it's so limiting and our own judgments towards self is like the the biggest uh, the biggest damaging damaging thing that's going on inside our, our our own our own lives when we actually can overcome that then we can actually really kind of come from that place of loving compassion and we can start to actually see the world and the situations around in the world from a different perspective. So right now with everything that's going on in the world, a lot of people think it's falling apart. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's way more anger, there's way more judgment. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, racism. There's a lot of stuff coming to the surface and being revealed. So it's actually getting uncovered. People think the world is going to, going to crap. It's actually not. What's, what's been hidden for so long is coming to the surface. And as long as it was hidden, it can't be healed. So now it's coming to the surface and it's in our face. So we have no choice but to face it. We have no choice but to look at it, our own stuff around it. And that's the gift. It's in the light now. So it's in the light of awareness. It's in our face. It's actually, it's, it's uniting so many people. It's bringing so many people up and to stand up, stand out and stand strong together that there's these pockets of unification happening that have never happened before. And there's people standing up and speaking their truth that, that never felt inspired or had the courage to do it before. So the perspective of what's happening in the world, you can look at it in, through many different lenses. But if you look at it through the lens of your own mind, it's limiting. If you look at it through the lens of your own heart, it's, it's got unlimited potential. And you'll actually be shown different ways to see things that are going on that will actually inspire and, and instill hope in humanity. I like, I like what you're saying. Cause what I just downloaded in my head was it's like a new IQ, a new way to think, right? We, it's a new way to start looking at a different perspective in a, in it. And it makes sense what you're saying. It's just, it's a different programming of what I guess what I'm, what I'm learning and hearing right now. So it's pretty cool. What is the shift that you refer to that is happening on our planet? This is the shift that, that I'm talking about is the, the healing that needs to happen. So everything coming to the surface. 
and it looking like thing getting things falling apart, getting worse, that the actual foundation of everything that humanity is standing, standing upon or has been stood upon is shattering. It's actually completely breaking down. So all of these foundations in, in every aspect, career and corporations and finances and love life and relationships, every aspect of the world, all the foundations are crumbling and it's necessary. It's, it, we have to break down all those foundations in order to build new ones. Now, in the meantime, we, everything's crumbling. There's a big, massive renovation happening. Things are falling apart all over the place and people are panicking. But if we can just have that, that, that perspective that it's actually purposeful to break all these things down so that everything that's hidden can come to the surface for healing, then we can actually start to awaken at the level that we're meant to awaken. So for me, this is all about deep healing and a profound awakening that's happening on our planet. We all need to wake up. Every single one of us need to wake up and, it, and we'll do it one way or another. We'll either leave and wake up or we'll stay here and wake up. But the important thing to recognize is that each one of us actually have a role to play in the awakening. And the role doesn't always look like a good guy role or a bad guy role. It's like everybody has a different role. Some of the roles look small. Some of the roles look big. But every role is essential. Everybody's role is essential. There are people that are in, in, in place in the world that are actually causing a ruckus and breaking things down even quicker. And I love that. I love that. Although you can judge them. And you can have all your opinions about them. But what's happening is if without these people in place, these things would not get revealed. It, we wouldn't be having the, the, the un unveiling and the kind of uncovering like we're having right now. So again, it's like each one of us has an essential role. We all need to be willing to play our role, no matter how small or how big it is. And for all of us to stand up and actually play our part, is what's going to happen that's the shift that's going to happen is we're going to all heal what we need to heal and then we're all going to awaken and what i'm seeing is all of the blocks to love being removed and this global unification happening right now it looks like separation but yeah. i see it is actually leading to a global unification it's it's actually brilliant <laughs> the way it's playing out but on a human perspective in a, with a filter of the mind it's, it's scary and it's chaotic and it's, it's all the other judgments we can place on it. Yeah. Part of us, we're just like, we're not used to seeing any of the stuff that's going on. We're, we're, we're a creature of habit. So a lot of stuff is just like, Oh my God, change. And I feel different. Everything just feels a little, it's like the fear of the unknown. There's so much. So when you look at it and have someone telling you in a different perspective and like, you know, look at it this way, look at it from this hat, look at this my through my glasses these lens it's a nicer it's it's nice to see because you see hope right now you don't see hope when you are just so used to not you're seeing so much negative negativity in the world and whatnot so that's a nicer nicer way of looking at things for, yeah. for sure it's a helpful way right yeah so how can we all begin to stand up stand out and stand strong with what you're saying with what was going on how can we all you know because you're talking about unity like coming in unity and coming together and whatnot so i'm assuming that standing up standing out and standing strong is what you're talking about 
Well, it's that, that first it becomes that unification within yourself. It's like uniting your mind, your body, and your spirit and in your heart, kind of coming together within yourself and, and, and feeling at one. And then it's about feeling at one with maybe it's nature. Maybe it's, it's easy to start with a butterfly or to go into nature and just to see the oneness with or feel the oneness with the trees and the grass and, or the ocean or whatever it is. But ultimately, really, it's the unification of all of us. The challenge right now is that on a, on a human level, on an earthly perspective, when we look out in the world as a human, what we're seeing is separation. We're seeing, you know, groups coming together and we're seeing races coming together and we're seeing women coming together and then men coming together and then sometimes men and women, but it's like there's these pockets which appear to be separation. So sometimes a group might come together, like maybe, you know, indigenous women come together and release all of old wounds from like all these years for, for, for their culture, for, for their race. And I, I love that that's happening. And at the same time as a white person, I'm standing here, a white woman, I feel guilty. I feel guilty because I have this collective guilt that's washing through me of all the, all the things that white people have done over the years to indigenous. So initially it looks like a separation, but really what it is is them uniting and standing really strong together as, as indigenous women and finding their voice and, and us witnessing them going, yes, do it, go for it. We're here. We'd love you go and, and supporting them in whatever way we can processing our own guilt in the meantime, because it's our own stuff we have to wash up mm -hmm. and, and being able to really honor the unification that's happening within their circle. Then we could actually, once our wounds are healed and once their wounds are healed, then we can actually come together as humanity but it has to look separated at first. It has to look like these groups of unification that look separate from us and separate from others until at one point we can all come together. I love that. And it's nice. I like how you're breaking down of what that means to come together, to support each other and encourage and empower one another so that they can feel not alone and feel like there's a community that we're building where you can stand up and stand strong. Exactly what you're talking about. I, I felt it there. That's so cool. Um, yeah, so we're going to shift a little bit because I always ask all my guests this. Um, what does your morning routine look like? Yeah, well, it depends when I wake up, when I get pushed out of bed, <laughs> when I, nice. when I get, my eyes get pushed open. Um, so in the last like week, I've been three or four in the morning is usually the, the pattern when my eyes kind of open up and I'm like, okay, there's something here. Just, I, I need to look at, you know, meditating or whatever it is. I'm, I'm being pushed. Maybe there's writing, maybe there's a blog. So in that moment, when I feel that nudge to, to wake up, I, I check in. What now? What would you have me do? And lately it's just been meditating. So I'm staying in bed and I'm kind of going through my own physical resistance because I'm moving through some physical stuff with my body. So kind of processing the physical resistance. So usually in general, I'll, I'll wake up a little later than that. But when I wake up in the morning, there's usually at least two, one to two hours of meditation. And in that meditation, I also, uh, I bring in my, my community and my members and my, my clients and I do it. Uh, energetic healing circle for them so I bring them in as well and then I move into my day breakfast shower that sort of thing it, it's summer right now so it's nice so I don't have to get my son off to school 
And um, we live on a farm, so we've got animals, three dogs and cats and all that kind of stuff and some horses. So there's things that I do along with those as well. But basically my morning routine is pretty quiet and it's generally kind of flowing from one thing to the next and really doing my best to let my heart lead me as opposed to getting into kind of the habit of, okay, I do this at this time and this at this time. So my mornings kind of vary a little bit, but they always start with a meditation. Ah, beautiful. Well, that's like your me time. That's, that's pretty big and that's huge. Like I always want to share what, what all of us are up to in the morning so people can see that there's no right or wrong way. It's whatever works for them as long as they're giving themselves that space to fill their cup up so that they can have energy for the rest of the day. So that's a nice way to look at it as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Sue, how can people find out more about you? Everything that everything about me and what I offer is all at my website. So you can go to heartledliving.com and it's heartledliving.com and everything is there. Um, social media connections, all that kind of stuff. They can connect with me through the website. Perfect. And I'll have all the information in the link below for everyone to click on it as well as your books that you have as well. So yeah, your four beautiful books that you started like writing in 2009 was your first published one. And you just, nine years later, like you have your next one up. That's awesome. Congratulations for that. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, well, I just want to thank you for honoring me with your time and talking to us about what it means to have the shift in your life, what it means to stand up, stand out, and stand strong, as well as becoming more of a community, understanding the different um the different understanding the difference between you know positive and negative but realizing that you know how to shift that perspective on positivity and negativity as well and just thank you so much for it's a different limelight that i've had today which i like and i felt like i also learned so much which i know my the listeners here are going to be learning so much from you as well and i hope that you continue blossoming and sharing your message with the world because you definitely are making it a better place thank you i appreciate that thank you so much well, hello there. Did you love the episode on the Relove and Rise podcast? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is really, 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 really appreciated. But really appreciated. Really, really appreciated. If you would love to connect with us, head over to reloveandrise.com and do not forget to sign up for our newsletter for more free material. See you on the next episode.